are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Pastors Wade Lentz and Harold Smith are your hosts, and now let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I am your host, Harold Smith, the pastor of Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren, Arkansas. And I'm joined by my good friend, Patriot pastor and church camp survivor, pastor of Barrel Baptist Church in Valonia, Arkansas, Wade Lentz. Wade, how are you feeling? I'm feeling better. And I tell you, you, you said it right by saying a survivor of church camp, me being almost 45 years old. Uh, my body was not prepared for that week. We went down to Pensacola Christian College for their teen extreme youth camp. And I tell you what, it was a blessing. Ray McCormick was the preacher that week. He did a tremendous job preaching the, the word of God. But my soul, we walked about six to eight miles per day. That caught up with me just the day after we got back home. And what had happened was I was not drinking enough water that week. And my wife was telling me, she went with us and she said, Hey, Wade, you're not drinking enough water. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, it hit me for sure on that Saturday we got back and I had to make a trip to the, uh, uh, MediQuick emergency care diagnosed me with, uh, dehydration. So this week I have been drinking a lot of water and Gatorade. So, uh, teen extreme is very extreme on an old man. Well, I don't know if culottes are okay for the women down there, but maybe you should have <laughs> wore some culottes. And cool. <laughs> hey, you know, they have relaxed a lot on their, uh, dress attire. Uh, ladies can wear shorts now. Um, compromisers. Well, I tell you, I know they're, they're liberal, liberal, <laughs> And like, I, I think I told you this, but I was impressed about their bookstore. You know, some of the authors that they had in there would not have been allowed years ago. They, they had guys like A.W. Pink and Martin Lloyd-Jones. Uh, they had a whole Spurgeon commentary section. And so it was just a really neat place, a neat atmosphere. And uh, it was a it was a good week. It's always good to see someone that's I've looked at to the extreme right, come to a more centrous position as far as theology and doctrine goes. Yes. You know, you and I don't require people to be exactly like we are to fellowship with, but it's always good to see somebody go out of the, if you're not like us, you're a heretic to more of a, I don't know what you call it, an inclusive view of other people who maybe hold towards the doctrines of grace or have a, mm-hmm. a stronger view of God's sovereignty. That's always encouraging right. to me. Yes. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about patriotism in the church and coming off the heels of the 4th of July. Uh, we were, we were corrected and warned and chastised on Facebook and Twitter that if your church does this, you're worshiping, Caesar and not Christ. If you do this, you're that. And so I thought it would be good maybe just in the wake of things. Some some people try to do this the week before podcast. I mean, that do their podcast the week before. 
that doesn't really give anybody enough time to digest it, to think it through. So I think if we have a, just a good, honest discussion between you and I about what it means to, to show patriotism and can you be a Christian and do that? Should your church be patriotic? Work through those things. And then we kind of have a, I guess we would say a little clearer conviction about what we should do in the future. And um, I think it's a very good topic. And, and I will be the first to admit my views on this have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the church that had the Christian flag and the American flag on either side of the baptistry in the back of the choir loft. Yeah. Uh, the church I pastor now had those when I came, does not have those there now. And uh, so this is a good topic that I think both pastors and laymen should consider and really think through. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it's a very controversial thing within the church and that's patriotic services. A lot of churches had them this weekend, especially with the uh, 4th of July falling on a Sunday. Um, you know, my thoughts have changed too on this matter. I, I used to be, uh, well, bless God. We're, it's all about God and country. You know, I, I wouldn't have had a problem at all with multiple American flags on the stage and the declaration of independence and the constitution on the stage and having a, a patriotic type service years ago, I would, I would not have had a problem with that. But as the years have gone by, um, I have seen more and more of an issue with that, you know, so you have these extremes such as like Robert Jeffress, the pastor of First Baptist uh, Dallas, Texas, on any patriotic service that they have, son, they go all out. <laughs> you know, it is, uh, look, it looks like a Republican National Convention, you know, and they'll bring in some political dignitaries. And, you know, I think last year he had Mike Pence come in and speak and, uh, you know, other, other, conservative Christian politicians. Uh, we were never obviously that far into it, but we, I was always in the church that always had a patriotic service of some sort. So yeah, I don't, I don't believe now that that is honoring to the Lord. What are, what are your thoughts? Why, why did you have a change of heart over the years? Well, really the defining verse for me in all of these things, um, it's found in a a couple of gospels, but it's Christ's teaching when they tried to trick him about tax paying. Should we pay taxes? And he says, you know, show me the coin. I think the King James says, show me the penny. And they show him the penny. And he says, whose inscriptions on it? And they say Caesar's. And so Christ gives this profound insight. And he says, render unto Caesar's the things that are Caesar's and render unto God the things that are God's. And so Christ doesn't remove us from the responsibilities of being under a government. And at the same time, he doesn't weaken our responsibilities toward God. And so I call this dual citizenship. Okay. I believe that we are here and that we are not just merely accountable to God, but I believe that God has ordained the powers that be. And that's according to Romans 13, you know, the the very first verse. So when I look at that, I I say, okay, I can't isolate myself from from government and and like despise it because I'm not told to despise government. 
And at the same time, I can't interchange government and in my worship of God because I'm to worship God and God alone. And so there's got to be a balance here. And for me, the clearest balance is when I'm engaged in worship, the government has no part in that. I mean, zero part in that. Um, mm-hmm. I stand for the flag. If I'm at a football game, I can mm-hmm. tell you the last time I went to a football game, I don't have plans to go to any, but if I were somewhere and they said, now let's stand for the national anthem, I wouldn't go, I'm a Christian. I'm not doing that. I have right. no king but Jesus. Right. Well, we're instructed to honor the king, and it's not with a capital K. It's mm-hmm. it's our current leader. So if, if you're instructed to honor a king, you ought to be able to honor a duly elected president, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there's got to be this responsibility to both of the authority figures in my life, God being supreme, government being under him, but government not being dismissed. And so patriotism comes down to, can I be proud of my government? And so I may be rambling. I may be getting a little bit ahead in our show notes. Not that we really have great show notes, but, uh, (laughs) You know, people always say, well, I just can't imagine Paul running around waving a Roman flag. Well, I don't, I don't think Paul ran around waving a Roman flag. And, you know, unless I had a part in the Patriot, I wouldn't be running around waving mm-hmm. an American flag. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And the reason Paul wouldn't have waved the Roman flag was because Paul was a, a Jew by, by race, but was a Roman by birth. And the Romans had taken over the country of the Jews, and the Jews looked at the Romans as oppressors, but they also recognized their authority over them, even though they didn't like their authority, even though they they wanted to be free, even though they hoped that Christ would come along and run the Romans out, they recognized until the Romans were gone, that was the the government Mm -hmm. in charge, and so they respected it, they honored it. You find multiple examples of Paul appealing to government. He appeals to Caesar because he has that right as a Roman citizen. He tells people, you're not right to whip me because I'm a Roman citizen. Uh, Paul recognizes his rights as a citizen of Rome, and he doesn't shy away from them. And uh, I don't think we should shy away from our rights as American citizens either mm-hmm. when right. they don't interfere with our you know, worship of God. Sure. And you and I would obviously uh, say that we are both patriotic, right? I mean, this is sure. the patriot pastors podcast. And so we don't want anybody saying, well, y'all, y'all not patriots at all. No, we, I I am a patriot. I I love America. I I love the principles of liberty and justice for all. I I love the, the founding and our, of how the Lord did bless America and its infancy. Um, so very patriotic, but as far as services are concerned, patriotic services. I I think there needs to be, like you talked about, a distinction. You know, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. And and there's also a place for everything. And it's not that we are not giving patriotism all uh, that we need to. We want to make sure we're giving God all that he deserves and is worthy of. Here's the thing that really Baptists, they fall into one of two camps. They're Robert Jeffers. They're over here having Lee Greenwood in a red, white, and blue leather jacket saying, God bless America. 
or you've got this ultra reformed guy over here that's basically ridiculing America for finding its independence 240 years ago, and he's not going to let that die. We're, we're a God-stricken mm-hmm. country. But if you go back and you look at Baptist history, here's what you will find. When Oliver Cromwell was in basically, and I'm not an English historian, nor do I have any interest in starting today, but in Cromwell's army, it was primarily Baptist. That was a large contingent of Cromwell's army uh, when he was when he was fighting in this uh, English Civil War, he had a heavy Baptist influence. These guys were heavily patriotic, but at the same time, they were deeply committed to God. And I think that's what a patriot pastor looks like. He mm-hmm. understands that the worship of God is not to be intermingled with the patriotism of his country, right. and so. I think we can rejoice in our country, even when our country is bad. And, and right now, it is not a great country. I, God no. would be just to come in and judge us. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you, I would rather live here than I would in a cave on a hillside in Afghanistan. Absolutely. I would rather live here than I would in the Sudan. Yes. I would rather live here than I would mm-hmm. in uh, Brazil. We have things here that we should be proud of. We should thank God for. And... I don't see any problem with celebrating the freedoms that we have. I, I don't think this is a bad thing. Um, a friend of ours on Facebook, Rick Brown, made the comment, if we can celebrate Mother's Day and we can thank God for our moms, we can celebrate Father's Day and thank God for our fathers, why can't we celebrate the 4th of July and thank God for our country? How, sure. how is that sinful? Right. And I guess the right. burden of proof would be on the people who are opposed to this. How is it sinful to have a day set aside to worship mom. Now, look, I'm not saying you have to do that in the worship service of your church, but I would feel bad as a son if I didn't call my mother on Mother's Day or take her out to eat or send her a card. Mm -hmm. Why is it all of a sudden sinful to do that for my country when the Bible tells me I'm to submit to their government, pray for them, love them, support them, salute them, fund them? Why can't I be thankful for them when they do good? Absolutely. And, you know, this past Sunday, we, we took time, I took time to give thanks unto the Lord for uh, our country, the freedom that we have had, the, all the veterans who have gave their all, and the men and women who are currently serving in our military. And it's not that we never mention uh, such things as that. No, we, we, we do, and we thank the Lord for that, but we also pray uh, for repentance. It's a great time to really teach the church that, Hey, we're not what we used to be as far as America is concerned. And, you know, you mentioned the pledge earlier where it states that we are one nation under God. I was thinking about that this morning and I thought, you know, if we quoted the pledge of allegiance to its current state, we would say that we are currently one nation under God's little G mm-hmm. and, uh, because we are nothing but a, uh, America is nothing but just a plethora of different idols and different gods that we put ahead of the, our one true God. And, uh, so yeah, but you do not, my opinion, you do not make the, uh, the service, the worship service, anything other than it should be the worship of the Lord period. Yeah. And at a lot of churches, it, it, it gets blurred. That line gets blurred 
and we sing all the patriotic songs and somebody will say, well, Hey, listen, when I sing patriotic songs, I'm still worshiping God. Um, I'm still giving thanks to God. My focus and thoughts are on God. Yeah. But the person sitting beside you may not. Yeah. His thoughts and his mind and his heart may be focused upon a nation and uh, anything that robs the Lord of his glory and praise is wrong and it Mm. needs to be removed and it, it, it should never, never occur. So there's got to be a balance here between the people who on one hand, they are, we can't do anything with, with government. And then on the other hand, we ought to be having, you know, patriotic services. I remember being in a church growing up where on veterans day or whatever they would have, they would play all of the, the, um, the marching songs for each branch of, of the military and all the Navy would stand and all the air force would stand and, and, and I mean, it would take 10 minutes out of the did service. You, and we, did you have any Coast Guard stand? <laughs> we played their song. I might have one or two. But uh, it, we, we would go through this whole thing, and, and they would applaud the veterans. And, of course, all the veterans would be wearing their, their military uniforms, and it was a big show and a big to-do. And here's, here's my take on this, okay? Lee Creek Baptist Church is chock full of veterans, I, I'm telling you, probably of, of the membership of our church, I would say two-thirds of the men have military service, you know, myself included, okay? Mm-hmm. So if we were going to have, if there was ever a church that should have a veteran service, it's Lee Creek. Right. Matter of fact, one of the men in our church uh, runs a crew of people who do the 21-gun salute at the, uh, at, at the National Cemetery, and he's heavily involved in veteran affairs. He's an officer in the VFW, um, local base commander for the militaries in our church. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have plenty of human reasons to celebrate in a a big way in our church, patriotic things, and we choose not to. Sure. But come Monday, we have no problem on Memorial Day going down to the cemetery and remembering all these people that died and recognizing them. We just choose not to blend those two things together. Right, and for me, right. that's the key. There is a separation of church and state for a reason. I'm the last guy that wants to mandate prayer in school because mm-hmm. I don't want teachers teaching my kids to pray. Mm-hmm. I don't want to blend church and state. I don't want to blend patriotism and Christianity, but I think I can be a Christian and I can be a patriot at the same time. I just choose to express them differently. Let me give you some examples of this. In John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus says, my people are not of this world. If they would, they would fight. This doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility in the world, Wade. This just means that we're not leading a Christian crusade. It is the Muslims that hold a gun to your head and confess Allah or die. It's not Christians that hold a sword to someone and say, believe in Christ or die. We know this because when Christ encounters a centurion in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, he credits that centurion with having more faith than he has seen throughout all of Israel. And he grants his request, and he not one time condemns the centurion for being a soldier. Peter uh, is is sent to a centurion to preach the gospel in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius is listed as a godly and devout man before Peter ever shows up with the gospel. 
Mm-hmm. He is a, a godly Jew. And then Peter comes and preaches the gospel. He receives the Holy Spirit. Even the Jews that are with him are shocked that a uncircumcised Roman soldier of all things is saved. And nobody there says, and then he left the army. Right. Right. And it's not just the army. If you look down through here, Paul in Romans 16, 23 says, there are a number of Christians working directly for Caesar in Rome. If you look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 22, the treasurer of the city is a Christian. And these people are not being told to repent of working for the government. Mm-hmm. If you can be a Christian and work for the government, you can be a Christian and celebrate what God is doing and has done with your government. Yeah. It is just a, in my opinion, Wade, for someone to just say, we have no business here, is just a wholesale denial of a ton of verses that show Christians and government. And you go back and look in the Old Testament, you're going to find a ton of godly people in wicked governments doing the work of God. What, mm-hmm. what, what do you think? Am I missing uh, something? Am I out of no, line? I, I agree. And let me just go back and say that, you know, f- like for our church, you had a long tradition, a very long tradition of having patriotic services. Since we are no longer necessarily having patriotic services where, you know, we sing patriotic songs and pledge allegiance to the flag and in a worship service, you know, what we do is have a fellowship uh, after church, maybe on a Sunday night or uh, a Saturday night where we gather together and we eat hamburgers and hot dogs and shoot fireworks and play uh, some patriotic music in the background. And there we can, in a right setting, uh, give honor where honor is due and thanking the Lord uh, for our nation and the liberty and freedom that we still have for the time being. (laughs) But uh, again, very controversial thing. You talked about the flag uh, inside the sanctuary. You know, how did it get there? Why, Why in the American church, and especially in the South, why is it such a, such a tradition? I was doing some research the other day and I found an article in the uh, gospel coalition. And here's what uh, the article is entitled the church and the American flag uh, by Thomas Kidd. It says this in the late 19 teens, the KKK was revived as an anti-immigrant, anti-communist movement. Klansmen pointedly gave a number of local churches and pastors American flags, which they insisted that they display in their sanctuaries. A letter from Klansmen to a Methodist minister in Arkansas stated that the Klan stood for the two greatest gifts that heaven has bestowed, namely the Holy Bible and the American flag. So all of this really just suggests that there was really an ugly, uh, coercive side to the story of having these American flags in churches. And that, that was something that I was questioning, you know, months ago, or even a few years ago, why, why is it such a thing in America? There had to be a reason people just don't churches don't just do things such as putting a national flag up in other countries. Why was it America? So when I saw that 
and research that, that's a true statement. Yeah. Now, back in the early 1920s and the 19-teens, there were about 4 million uh, Klansmen. It was a deeply rooted thing. And so uh, what's wrong with the Bible and what's wrong with the American flag? Uh, these are gifts from heaven. That's what they were saying. They deserve to be on the podium. So let's, yeah. think, let's think about that, the symbolism of that. Putting a national flag, the American flag, on the same podium, on the same stage that the pulpit is, where the word of God is declared. And so symbolism, it speaks without even using words. You're putting the American flag on the same stage at the same level as the word of God. Mm. Now let's think about the American flag and what it represents. And we look at the American flag and we look at all the good it represents, right? We think about all the veterans. We think about all those who gave their all for our freedom. But we must also look at the flag the way our Lord views the flag and views our nation. Our Lord does not just view our nation and just see the good. No, Proverbs chapter 15 says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, beholding both the good and the evil. Think about the evil the flag now represents. 65 million babies have been aborted legally since Roe versus Wade. That flag represents same-sex marriages. That flag represents a culture, the world's leading nation in affirming LGBTQ community. So when you look at the flag, people say, well, I, I just see the, the good. Yeah, but let's look at it from the Lord's perspective. How does he view the flag? How does he view America? As a whole, does he just see the good or does he behold both good and evil? And so are you going to have the flag uh, on the same level of, of God's holy word and you're preaching about a thrice holy God? So let's just stop and think about it. And when we do, it's not that we're dishonoring the flag and taking it down from a stage in a church. We're just putting it in its proper place. And we're then elevating then the word of God. Right. I've never heard it likened to the uh, clan before. I've always uh, remember going back to the battles against communism and the cold war and America being the, you know, <laughs> fighting against the axis of evils. And uh, one of the things I want to mention here, and I think this is just as, and well, I don't want to, I don't want to unjustly, well, it'd be justly. I don't, I don't want to pick a fight where I don't have to, but have you ever been in a church that had a Israeli flag hanging up with a blue star David on it and the blue stripes and the white flag? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get I tickled. I get tickled when people advocate putting a Jewish flag up or an Israeli yeah. flag. Right. And I, I understand that's God's chosen nation. And Hey, look, I'm a, I'm a future hope for Israel guy. All right. Uh -huh. But it has never entered my mind that we ought to go get their national flag and hang it up in our uh, platform or right. any nation for that matter. Yeah. And I guess I keep going back to what I've been stating all along is 
when the saints gather together corporately and they're covenanted together in, in the form of a local church, we're there for one reason, to worship the Lord. And it's not that we take off our cloak of Christianity when we leave there and go out into the world. We actually carry our Christianity into public. And this is a requirement that I think Christians are forsaking when they re when they recoil from patriotism, when they recoil from public life, when they recoil from politics, our country rots and decays faster because the salt and the light are all piled up over here in a little church that hates America because of, like you were mentioning, all of those wicked things, homosexuality, abortion, you know, our, our removal of our basic Christian liberties. Those are genuine things to be upset about and concerned about. But if Christians don't take serious their responsibility as patriots to keep this country and defend it, we might as well just go ahead and write out of business on the door of the church and, and all just report down to the local jail because that's mm -hmm. where we're going to end up at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, what's happening in Canada right now with the jailing of pastors and the fining of churches if you don't think that could happen here in the very near future, I just pity your ignorance. I, I right. pity your, your gullibility. No so doubt. We're instructed in first Timothy chapter two, verses one through three, to pray for those that are in authority over us for Kings and principalities, basically all branches of government. And it's to this end, Paul says that we might live quiet, peaceable lives. Well, friend, if you're instructed to pray for this government, and you happen to live in a government that allows you to vote and cast your opinions in the, in the decision-making process, and you're praying, but you're not voting, you, you might as well be praying and not practicing what you pray, or you might as well right. be preaching and not practicing what you preach. I yes. know a number of Christians that say, well, I just don't vote because I'm a Christian. Well, if you're told to pray to this end, you ought to be voting to this end because mm -hmm. God in this government has given you the ability to do that. Absolutely. To whom much is given, much is required. Yes. So we yes. ought to be patriotic enough to participate in government, even if we don't agree and like everything that's going on. Our churches should be worshiping one thing, and that's Christ. And I'm with you. I, I'll never lead our church to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag or the American flag. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know, the Christian flag is in the Bible. Oh, really? Or, or, or is it not? <laughs> <laughs> is that his banner over well, but, us is love? Well, I mean, I'm just saying there's there's people who think there's something sacred about the Christian flag. And I say, okay, where is it sacred at in Scripture? And I'm not saying I'm not anti-Christian flag, but there's nothing holy about it. There's nothing biblical in nature. It's a man-made flag, and it's, you know, it's good, but... You know, it's nothing that we, if we remove it off a stage of a church, it's nothing to get upset about because there's no biblical mandate of having right. a flag. You know, I just going to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm not against saying the Pledge of Allegiance, but we didn't come, right. we didn't gather with the saints on the Lord's Day to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. right. You know, I, um, I, I just... We've got to come to a position, and each church is different. Each pastor is different. And look, pastor, don't go get yourself fired because for a hundred years your church has had old glory hanging back there next to the baptistry. 
Right. But you can begin to instruct your church on why they're gathered on a Lord's Day. You can be able to instruct your church on what the Bible tells you to do in this setting with, with praying and singing and, and, you know, bearing one another's burdens and fellowship. And you can say, hey, look, this is not the time that we discuss, you know, these sorts of things or engage in this sort of thing. We have other times of the week to do that. And so mm-hmm. I think it's a good discussion. It's one that needs to be had. And um, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we're not here to, to mandate what everybody should do, but I hope that the podcast has at least caused you to think critically uh, how you portray your country and how you uh, honor your country and when you do that. Yeah, I don't think it's a sin to honor your country. No, I think it's a sin to substitute the honoring of God for the honoring of your country. Amen. I think the verse that you shared at the beginning of our podcast and Mark that we are to render Caesar what is Caesar's and the things to God that are God's. And uh, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Nothing wrong with being a patriot. There's nothing wrong with patriotism. And I think maybe the the biggest issue today, why it's so controversial is that there is this mark of many people being unpatriotic. You know, we see this in the sports, the professional sports, and some folks in the Olympics who are not uh, saluting the flag, turning their backs on the flag. And so there is this, uh, this wave of unpatriotism, and that when we talk about not having patriot, patriotic services, people say, oh, no, not you too, Pastor. You, you're not <laughs> falling for this either, are you? So, you know, it is a controversial thing, but when you look at the fact that it's okay to be patriotic, but it's more important in infinitely more important to give God all the glory and praise each Sunday in each service. That way we're not guilty of taking anything away from what he's worthy of. Yeah, I agree. Man, we ought to go out and set some firecrackers off and celebrate this great podcast. Hey, I'm with you, man. We can get them at right now, like 75% off. 75% off. Yeah, I know, but (laughs) probably don't have anything but the duds left, you know, at this point. Sure. Any last words, Wade, I'll let you close it up. Um, I'll just say this. I believe we live in the greatest country in the world. I believe we have a lot to be thankful for, but I believe we have a responsibility to maintain what God has given us. And if we choose to sit back and just say that Christians don't have a place in the public square, then just prepare to, to, to see the rapid decay and darkness creep over our land because that's what happens when salt and light are taken mm-hmm. out of the picture. So oh, my advice to you is teach your people that it's okay to work in government. It's okay to be a part of government. It's okay to be a Christian and, and, and serve in government. And that actually, it, it helps government when Christians are involved. And we ought to rejoice in that. We ought to, we ought to seek out those candidates and support them if we can. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about looking at the world around us in a Christian lens. Mm-hmm. And today, Wade, the big deal is they look at Christianity through a cultural lens, and that's the problem. And so mm-hmm. we don't want you to read your Bible under the cultural lens of American uh, politics. We want you to take the Bible and look at American politics with it. And I guess that would be my best advice. And I'll let you close out the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I just want to finish up by saying this. We are still a nation, regardless of all the sins and and evil that's in our nation. We are still a nation that many are fleeing to and really not fleeing from 
Although there are those that say, well, I'm going to leave the country. Well, nobody has left that has actually said that. So we are still a country that is attractive and, and really blessed uh, by the Lord, despite our sins. So we'd encourage you to, to pray for our country. The, the, the most patriotic thing that you can do for your country is to pray uh, for our nation and uh, pray that the, the glory of God would be seen once again in power and glory. Well, we've come to the end of this podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast.